Dear Faraz and Soraz, the entire universe is governed by an intelligence whose perfection exceeds anything conceivable by the human mind. By whatever name we call it, God, cosmic consciousness, supreme intelligence, or universal energy, or whatever our personal conception of it might be, this intelligence exists and works throughout creation according to a system of perfectly just laws. Since they operate impersonally and in the same way for every being, since humans are the most evolved living beings on earth, we have at our disposal all the necessary physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual faculties that allow us to use and apply these laws for knowing happiness in our lives. In this sense, it is entirely up to us to express the grandeur and beauty of God in what we think, say, and do. Our life is not subject to chance and is never a plaything of blind or arbitrary forces. On the contrary, what we do with our lives reflect that degree of harmony we are capable of establishing with divine intelligence. Therefore, most problems confronting us are a result of our inability to either respect cosmic laws or to master them. The stated goal of the ancient and mystical order Rosacrucis is precisely to teach its members how to apply these laws in their daily lives, both for their own good and for the good of others. Such teachings allow each Rosicrucian to define and adopt a mystical conduct that will lead to a happy existence. In reference to health, the major problems that humans are confronted with is that of disease. And most illnesses we suffer are due to some violation of those natural laws continually operating within us. It is, in fact, impossible to transgress the most elementary rules of life without suffering sooner or later the consequences of our lack of wisdom. All processes that nature put into action in our body and consciousness are fundamentally constructive. Yet, through the improper application of our free will, we can upset 
these processes and even completely oppose them. In this case, we create negative conditions within us which, in turn, are inevitably expressed as illness. Therefore, the first rule of maintaining good health consists of cooperating with natural laws and modifying any behavior that counteracts the positive actions of these laws within us. Having a perfectly balanced diet in which one does not abuse certain foods or beverages, getting enough exercise while avoiding excesses, knowing how to rest and to relax. These constitute the basic principles of good physical health. And this physical health must be accompanied by a mental attitude that is as healthy as possible. Because negative thoughts can result in many diseases. The secret of good health resides in, in maintaining both a healthy body and a healthy spirit. Deficient health can also be due to heredity. In this case, the person involved is not directly responsible for all ills because they are not the consequence of behavior that contradicts natural laws. Everything must then be done to alleviate suffering as much as possible and to exact the most spiritual benefit from this physical state. Thus, despite illness, we should adopt an attitude that is positive as is possible toward life, and to seek in mysticism those profound joys which the body, even at its optimum level, cannot provide. The evolution of a human being greatly exceeds the band of a single lifetime. And thus, an individual who shows courage when dealing with a hereditary ailment is preparing extremely positive karma for the next incarnation. In other words, the fact that one deals with some physical disability with confidence, which was seemingly imposed by destiny, attracts the most beneficial blessings in a future life. Because every painful experience, when properly assimilated, brings about happiness sooner or later. In reference to the home, happiness 
in the home rests mainly in the nobility of the soul of all those who make up the home. Because the family is virtually a single entity. Yet in reality, it is an aggregate of different personalities, each with a distinct set of interests, abilities, and temperaments. We make a serious mistake when we wish to impose a state of mind, conduct, or a vision of life similar to our own on other family members, because this act will sooner or later bring about disharmony within the family, generally finding its expression in family conflicts, which unfortunately can lead to destructive results. Consequently, it is important to cultivate an attitude of tolerance preserving the family unit by making forgiveness a keystone of the home. Before trying to reform the personalities of those sharing our daily life, we should strive to make ourselves as irreproachable as possible. Nothing is more destructive to harmony than forced relationships established between people who tolerate yet do not love one another. Spouses are united by human laws which are instituted to seal our marriage and protect the family which we are about to start. Yet. If they are not well matched, either in character, education, or ideals, and if they have no mutual passion to forget their differences, the result is a strained relationship which over months or years destroys the emotional and moral unity that they should be building. Strong disagreement between spouses or couples bring about an atmosphere of discord that constitutes a bearable poison in their bodies and in their souls. When this poison affects the children of the home, it constitutes a serious wrong to them and destroys their faith in humanity. Under such circumstances, divorce is preferable. Despite the opposition of certain religious dogmas that, while trying to preserve the sanctity of the marriage, often they weaken it. That being said, it is evident that divorce should only be needed as a last resort. However, if it becomes inevitable, the spouses must do everything possible 
not to amplify the moral sufferings that is bound to occur. The love for others in the family must then prevail in their dealings because this love, in place of experiencing its full expression in the home, can help overcome the negative effects of divorce, which for children are always difficult to live with. Regard to finances. We live in a material world where money represents considerable power. And even though it does not create happiness, and the accumulation of wealth does not constitute a life goal, we cannot deny that it plays an important role in most modern societies. However, it should be understood that everything concerning economic matters spring from the human institutions. Consequently, to gain the support of cosmic laws in our business dealing, we must first bring together the necessary conditions for them to succeed. Naturally, among these conditions are those of honesty, fairness, loyalty, courage, perseverance, patience, and generally speaking, all the qualities that justify the soundness of the ancient proverb, every effort deserves its own reward. In every aspect of life, we reap what we sow. If we act contrary to basic morality, we cannot hope to receive help from the cosmic in acquiring what we desire in the material plane. Worse yet, if we cheat others, we can expect that someday we will lose everything we have acquired. As is true of everything in life, the business world is subject to the laws of cycles because it constitutes a living entity in itself. And life in all its expressions is governed by cyclical laws. Economic activities now concern the whole world with the result that the general economy of a country experiences highs and lows which reflect not only its own financial situation but also the direction that financiers give to the world economy. Therefore, no one can blame cosmic laws when explaining the cycles of financial depression that occurs in nations at given times because this responsibility 
should be ascribed instead to people themselves. We can deduce from this principle that, that no miracles take place on the economic plane and that it is up to individual governments to show wisdom in their management of the nation's financial matters, no matter what the political ideology. Any economic system which fails to take the inherent needs of the whole humanity into account is bound to fail. To receive the approval and support of the cosmic, the economy must, therefore, answer to the interests of the majority and to serve to encourage the true fraternity all people, regardless of race, condition, or creed. Legal Matters Human laws are in the image of human beings, that is to say, imperfect. This cannot be otherwise since no judge possesses the required intelligence to know all the details or repercussions that may arise from the rulings rendered on any specific subject. Only cosmic laws are perfect, just, because they are impersonal and are guided by an intelligence that knows the past, the present, and the future of every individual. Those who are empowered to render justice on the human level do not possess this divine omnipotence. Thus, they are subject to error and can make mistakes in the judgment they render. It is possible, therefore, for plaintiff to be right but still lose a legal case. Nevertheless, all victims of human injustice should take comfort because divine justice will eventually prevail and cosmic laws are constantly working so that the wholeness of each human being may be recognized at the most opportune moment for the good of his or her spiritual evolution. The best way to avoid all forms of injustice arising from the application of human laws is to follow behavior that conforms to the ideas we take from divine justice. Similarly, everything we think, say, or do must take into account all of 
Baltic civil laws governing the country in which we reside, whether on the political, economic, social, or religious plane. We cannot transgress certain rules without risk of exposing ourselves to the judgment of the relevant authorities. Now, this does not mean that existing institutions should remain fixed, for everything must evolve toward individual and collective good. What we say, rather, is that revolution is the enemy of evolution and that one must never seek to reform things through the use of violence, fanaticism, or intolerance. Such methods of bringing about one's ideas not only opposes human justice, but worse yet, it totally contradicts divine justice and cannot fail to incur very heavy comic repercussions. The few statements we have just made regarding health, domestic, financial, and legal matters are simply meant to demonstrate that cosmic laws are always ready to intercede for the benefit of each of us, provided, of course, that we do everything possible to live in harmony with them. The old saying that God help those who help themselves is a perfect illustration of this principle. If you do everything possible to manifest the best of yourself within your life, if you do your utmost to act according to your highest ideals, you cannot fail to receive the help and the support of the cosmic. Yet, we might be unable to obtain satisfaction even though we have done everything humanly possible to resolve the problem. Under such circumstances, we become discouraged, lose confidence, and finally create conditions which only reinforce our distress and feeling of helplessness. To assist people who feel totally helpless after having done everything in their power to overcome difficulties, the ancient and mystical order Rosai Cruces makes available to them metaphysical aid, which can bring about solutions they seek, yet are unable to manifest on the human plane. This metaphysical assistance rests on the actions of Amar's counsel of source. The counsel of solace of Amar. 
Amos Council of Solas is composed of Rosicrucians at the Grand Lodge who, under the directions of the Grand Master, participate in mystical work to bring cosmic assistance to those who need it. The Council meets Monday through Friday from 12.05 to 12.20 p.m. Pacific Time in the Grand Temple at Rosicrucian Park. The Council of Solas functions by setting into motion certain spiritual energies and directing them through space in accordance with a ritual that we cannot explain within the parameters of this booklet. Please rest assured that this ritual has no link whatsoever with magic or occult practices. On the contrary, it is based on natural laws known to initiates since the most remote antiquity and utilized to serve humanity. The actions taken by the Council of Solas occurs on the level of the celestial sanctum and is therefore entirely under the auspices of the Rose Croix. Experience has shown that the Council of Solar's effectiveness is considerable and that it brings a form of help and support unavailable through any other means. This council does not perform miracles in the common meaning of the term. As just mentioned, it sets positive energies into motion on a daily basis, and these energies contribute to the physical, moral, and material well-beings of all persons requesting its action. And yet, the council does not solve every problem facing humanity. Some trials, for instance, are imposed on us as cosmic decrees, and thus we cannot thwart their realization in the areas of health, family, finance, justice, or any other realm concerning human activities. In cases involving health matters, the Council of Solas has never let it be assumed that it can cure all ills affecting us. In some cases, it can only comfort us and alleviate accompanying pains, which can be an invaluable aid. Nor does the council try to act as a substitute for medicine or surgery, even though these particular therapies also have their limitations. They do play a role in the processes of healing. The procedure to be followed, so 
as to benefit from the work of the Council of Souls is quite simple. Whenever you feel the need to receive its help and support, whether it involves health or matters of a more material nature, put yourself in harmony with the mystical work that the Council performs every day. If possible, proceed with this harmonization between 12.05 and 12.20 p.m. specific time. When this work is taking place in the Grand Temple at Rosicrucian Park. To do this, begin by ascending to the celestial sanctum following the methods described in detail in Liber 777, the celestial sanctum. Done the receptive phase pointed out in this method, allow yourself to be fully permeated by the positive vibrations set into motion by the council. Best way to do this is to visualize these vibrations as luminous rays which penetrate your entire being and transmit a spiritual influx that will facilitate your healing, relieving, regenerating, and inspiring you, and ultimately contributing directly or indirectly to the resolution of the problem confronting you. As a symbol of this inflow, we further suggest that you place yourself in harmony with the Council of Souls. You place before you the card enclosed in this booklet, the invocation on it, under the auspices of the Rose Choir, Cosmic Law Fulfills, will manifest for you the metaphysical help that you will receive during this harmonization, even if you are not aware of it. Even through the Council of Solas performs its metaphysical work between 12.05 and 12.20 p.m. Pacific Time, the action of the cosmic energy set into motion remains effective at all times of day and night. In other words, the spiritual forces are reactivated during the periods of 12.05 and 12.20 p.m. to serve those in need of cosmic help. Yet, their positive effect operate without any interruption. Therefore, you should not feel that it is imperative for you to always place yourself in harmony with the Grand Lodge Council of Souls from 12.05 to 12.20 p.m. to obtain its help. If for any reason you cannot participate at this time, 
You may ascend to the celestial sanctum whenever you have the most opportunity during the day or night and benefit from these inestimable blessings which can be obtained from the Council of Souls. Since time and space do not exist on the cosmic plane, any harmonization with the mystical work undertaken by the Council automatically results in benefits arising from its action. As you now realize, there is no need to write or call the Grand Laws to receive the benefit of Amor's Council of Souls. By following the instructions in this booklet and those of Libra 777, you may readily harmonize with the egregore of the Rose Corps and receive an influx of those very positive energies being sent out to serve humanity. If, however, you should someday feel the need to write us or call us to request special support, do not hesitate to do so. This is especially true when you are quite ill or exhausted and lack the strength to harmonize with the Council of Souls. There will be no need to reply to your request in writing. It will be the object of special care and attention. Furthermore, we wish to remind you that the assistance provided by the Council of Souls is purely spiritual whether in writing or verbally, its members never give administrative, financial, legal, medical, or any other type of advice. The action they undertake is meant to serve persons in need of help. It is purely metaphysical and completely transcends any other aid that might be given. This is why this action is particularly effective because the council's action are located at the level of cosmic consciousness, which knows better than anyone the nature of our requirements and what must be done to satisfy them. The Silent Council. Anyone knowing about Amal's Council of Solas and the way that it works can receive its assistance. All that is necessary is to harmonize with the work performed every day at the Grand Temple in Rosicrucian Park or in critical cases to request being placed on its list for assistance. In addition, to expand the activities of this humanitarian work, the Grand Master suggests that all members of the Order join in this daily work. This group, formed by all those 
taking part is traditionally called the Silent Council. You too can join them and feel the immense inner joy that comes from the satisfaction of accomplishing work that is useful to others. All you need to do is find a peaceful, solitary place between 12.05 and 12.20 p.m. Pacific Time, or at any other time, if it is impossible to find the necessary solitude at this time. And then elevate yourself to the level of the celestial sanctum with the intention of associating yourself mentally with the actions of the Council of Souls accomplishes in the service of all those in need. To understand the effectiveness of the work undertaken by the Silent Council, all you need to do is to think of the substantial power that thousands of Rosicrucians represent when they are united mentally with the specific intent of directing positive thoughts toward those who are in need of assistance. Here is how you should proceed when participating in the work of the Silent Council, if at all possible. Wash your hands and drink a glass of water as a sign of physical and mental purification. Then retire to a peaceful spot and elevate yourself to the level of the celestial sanctum by following the methods indicated in Libra 777. When you feel that you have attained the level of consciousness symbolized by the celestial sanctum, visualize the earth for a few moments. Then direct your most positive thoughts toward all of humanity. The best way of doing this is to concentrate on words that evoke constructive ideas such as health, comfort, well-being, harmony, fraternity, love, etc. Then, if you want to come to the assistance of one or more people in particular, Visualize them as though they are standing before you and visualize that they are bathed in a light generating health, comfort, well-being, and harmony and the like. If they are ill, see them healed. If they are in pain, See them full of joy. If they are distraught, see them calm and peaceful. After engaging in this visualization, mentally state the following invocation with confidence and conviction. 
frauders and soras, brothers and sisters who have solicited spiritual aid, your plea is acknowledged. Cosmic law is fulfilling its work for each of you. Now, while cosmic law is being accomplished, intone three times the vowel sound OM, mentally or in a soft voice, on the note that seems most natural to you. Then, place yourself in a receptive state so that you may benefit from the positive energies set into motion by the combined actions of the Council of Solas and the Silent Council. Complete this special work by using the invocation indicated in Libra 777 that is used to complete all contact with the celestial sanctum. Once this is done, resume your regular activities. If you engage regularly in the work that we have just described, you will reinforce the actions of the Council of Solas by radiating into space positive vibrations that will benefit all those who suffer physical or morally or who are in need of some assistance. Thanks to this metaphysical work, many will receive a spiritual influx that will contribute to their healing or give them the desired inspiration to solve a problem. On a more general level, this activity also helps to purify the collective consciousness of humanity and neutralize certain forms which evil can take in the world. As you can see, two choices are possible when you wish to help a particular person or person. Whether or not a member of AMART, you can either write or call the Grand Lodge to ask that the person be placed in the care of the Council of Solas, or you can participate in the work of the Silent Council with the specific intentions of serving as an intermediary between the person and the Council of Solas. And if at all possible, it is best that any person you wish to help be informed of the cosmic assistance that they will receive through this means. In this way, the person will be harmonized subconsciously with the spiritual influx that is being directed to him or her and will thus benefit more fully from its impact. 
course, it is not always possible to communicate this information either because the person may not understand it or because we prefer to remain silent regarding the metaphysical assistance we wish to give. In this case, the combined activities of both counsel will still be positively accomplished, perhaps with results less pronounced than if the person had been informed of this action. The Law of Amra The work performed by the Council of Solas is completely impersonal, as its sole motivation is a desire to have the knowledge of cosmic laws serve those who suffer physically or mentally, or who need to be assisted in a way that transcends all other forms of help available through normal channels. Therefore, members of the council accomplish this task with total unselfishness. And of course, they do not request any remuneration in exchange. At times, however, some persons who have benefited from the council of souls will write to the Grand Lodge and inquire as to how they may express their gratitude for benefits received. We will therefore mention several specific points concerning this subject. First, that a state that the greatest reward that the Council of Solas can receive is the joy of having contributed to the well-being of people both Rosicrucians and non-Rosicrucians who requested service. The mere fact of knowing that its action has permitted someone to be healed of a serious disease or to succeed in a vital undertaking or to resolve an important problem or to overcome a trying experience either for themselves or loved ones for which they have had lost hope, all brings about an inner satisfaction, which in itself is worth all the riches in the world. We all know that health and happiness, as is true of life itself, are priceless. However, if someday you wish to receive the benefits of the Council of Solas and you then wish to express your gratitude, you may do this by applying what is known in Rotokushan tradition as the Law of Ambra. The Law of Ambra was a common practice in ancient Egypt, particularly among the Adepts who attended the mystery schools. It was also perpetuated in a slightly different form in Judaism, and certain aspects are still found in the Christian religion. The law simply consists of expressing gratitude 
in one way or another for the benefits one has received. With it being understood that such benefits do not necessarily correspond to material or financial gain. In fact, whether we are aware of it or not, we are indebted to the cosmic for all that contributes to our happiness. This is why some Rosicrucians apply the law of Ombra when they have had a the simple pleasure of spending time in the company of interesting people. Others do it after having been helped by a third person during a certain physical or moral trial. And others, of course, apply this law when they have received the support of the Council of Souls. As can be seen, we each have our own reason for participating in the law of Amra. Because some consider it to be a gift from heaven might constitute for others the fruit of their own merit. In fact, we should consider any benefit as being ultimately what the cosmic allows us to accomplish, even if we attribute this accomplishment to what we ourselves may have thought, said, or done. Because divine intelligence worked through all individuals and allowed them to receive its blessings. Before considering how the law of Amra can be applied, we must emphasize that it is never an obligation this means that this law must be employed through one's free will without the least mental reservation. If this is not the case, then Amra has no value whatsoever on the physical plane. Also keep in mind that the law of Amra should not be equated with any superstitious belief. We should not think that it is only by applying this law that we shall receive any benefits. It is true that ingratitude does not bring luck, but the fear of being lucky should not compel us to apply Ombra. Also, we should not think that we can ensure spiritual health by applying the law even before we receive any cosmic blessings. Such a practice in itself is tainted by superstition. Just as any benefit we receive are not necessarily translated into money or some material things, Ambra is likewise not systematically applied by bestowing a certain amount of money or material goods. Rather, this law can be applied by helping persons in need or by taking time to comfort those who are suffering. 
by making an effort to improve our relationships and in general to better our environment by using our talents and abilities. We can also apply OMRA by participating as regularly as possible in the work of the silent council because such work contributes to the well-being of others. If you choose to apply the law of armor by means of money, you can do so by making a gift either to one or more persons whom you deem are in need, or to a humanitarian organization, which can be used in a positive way, or you can donate it to our order to help us in its activities. In all cases, it is important to act impersonally. Although it is not always possible to act anonymously, especially when the gift is in the form of a check, the important thing is to act discreetly without any self-glorification when providing the gift to some beneficiary. Boasting about one's financial contributions to the welfare of an individual or a group diminishes the donor's worthiness at the cosmic level. This also applies when the application of the law of armor is translated into service to others. The rule of humility and impersonality prevails in all actions undertaken for serving the good. Since we have just alluded to the possibility of using money to fulfill the law of Umbra, it is important that we distinguish between a donation and a gift made in applying this law. Even though nothing is altered at the level of the individual or organization being benefited, as we have explained, a gift provided according to Umbra expresses our gratitude to the cosmic for the benefit received, material or otherwise. A donation, on the other hand, does not necessarily pursue the same goal. It may simply be the manifestation of a desire to provide financial aid to a beneficiary of one's choice even when this desire is not the result of a benefit that has been received. Thus, it is important to understand that money represents a power which, as is true of all energies accessible to us, can be used either in a positive or a negative way. Consequently, Using this means for a noble cause is well justified on the spiritual plane. 
To conclude these remarks, we suggest that you give the law of armor your full attention, because no day passes without our receiving some sort of worldly benefit in some way or another. In return, no day should pass without expressing our gratitude in one fashion or another to the God of our hearts, even if it is only for the joy of being alive and a part of the cosmic evolution. It is indeed the name of this law that the members of the Amor Council of Solas accomplish their daily task because they have the duty of serving humanity. May the cosmic assist you on all levels and guide you upon the path of happiness. With best wishes for peace profound, sincerely and fraternally, the Grand Lodge of Amar. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Jason Leonti, and I hope you've enjoyed today's discussion of the Liber 888 and Council of Solace with Dr. Lonnie Edwards. I look forward to your joining us for the next Rosicrucian podcast. This show has been produced and sponsored by the Rosicrucian Order Amwork, a philosophical and initiatic tradition. It is not a religion. As students progress in their studies, they're initiated into the next level or degree. Rosicrucians are men and women around the world who study the laws of nature in order to live in harmony with them. Individuals study the Rosicrucian lessons in the privacy of their own homes on subjects such as the nature of the soul, alchemy, developing intuition, classical Greek philosophy, energy centers in the body, and self-healing techniques. The Rosicrucian tradition encourages each student to discover the wisdom, compassion, strength, and peace that already reside within each of us. Be sure to visit our website for further information on past, present, and future podcasts at rosicrucian.org.